Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Java Junkies, welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in breaking into the field of college admissions or helping high school students navigate the college process without losing it, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest won Counselor of the Year twice at CollegeWise, the largest college admissions counseling organization in the U.S., But before I introduce you to Casey Neer, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you an exclusive window into the episodes and the professions we're going to be featuring that week. And it is super easy to do. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four coffee.org. And the sign up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Casey Neer, the Executive Director of Counseling at CollegeWise. With over 60 admissions experts and 40 testing and curriculum tutors, CollegeWise is out to change the way that families approach the college admissions process. As executive director of counseling, Casey is responsible for managing and overseeing all college-wise counselors around the world. And she's responsible for day-to-day operations, as well as the caliber and quality of counseling and customer experience. Prior to joining CollegeWise, and she's worked there on two occasions, Casey was an admissions counselor at Mills College, a private liberal arts and sciences women's college in Oakland, California. Casey, welcome to Time for Coffee. I know you are a huge coffee lover, so are you caffeinated and ready to go? Oh, yes. This was a two giant cup coffee morning, all made in my drip coffee. So I am very caffeinated this morning. (laughs) Oh, nice. So what do you use? What's your... I'm from the Bay Area and we like to take our coffee very seriously and we're a little elitist about it. So I use my Chemex pour over for all of my coffee. So one cup at a time. Nice. I do the same thing. I have a Chemex. What kind of coffee did you brew this morning? Oh, gosh, I used a dark roast. I live in Maine now, and there's quite a few up and coming roasters out here. So I have a girl rebel blend from a little. (laughs) So it felt very to my women's college roots. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. I also want to let our listeners know a couple of things. One, 
I'm back living in a construction zone. Even though I'm in a residential neighborhood, for some reason, my block has become the epicenter of building new homes, teardowns and new homes. So if you're hearing some hammering and banging, whatever, that's what's going on across the street from me. And then next door, I have these lovely young children who are usually in school and their parents installed a little zip wire. So if you hear like yippies and the sound of metal running along a cord, that's what that is. So anyway, it's all good. We are going to dive into our 10 espresso shots with the first question being, what entry-level jobs, Casey, are available to young people who want to break into the fields of college counseling and admissions? So the most traditional path and one I always recommend is those students that, you know, parents and and kids see walking backwards, giving them a tour on campus. Well, the next job those people, those tour guides usually got was an entry-level admissions officer at their alma mater. So the first job that most students, I say and recommend to get into this broader field, whether it's counseling or admission, is working as an admissions counselor. And I work at a place where I didn't go, so it doesn't need to be your alma mater. But the experience of reading an applicant file day in and day out teach you a heck of a lot about this industry and the landscape of higher ed. Nice. And what about college counseling? College counseling generally looks for people who served as admissions counselors at some point in their career. So generally having that from the get-go gives you a good sense of where do you want to continue working and do you want to, as we usually say in this industry, work on the other side of the desk in college counseling. So traditional trajectory tends to be start in admissions and then make your way to college counseling if you're finding you really want more of that relational one-to-one work with teenagers. Nice. And I know that Your founder, who I also had the pleasure of interviewing, Kevin McMullen, actually started as a tutor. So that's another pathway, too. Yes, there are some of us who have worked as test prep tutors, working instructionally with teenagers, and we also have some teachers and even professors who've joined our ranks. So anybody who's kind of worked with or around teenagers has a pretty good sense of what makes them tick, what they're anxious about, and how to help. So I think any of those, but I would say by and large, admission and then tutoring is probably the the next second one. Great. Now, I know you're the executive director of counseling at CollegeWise, Casey, What is a useful hard and soft skill or skills that you look for in the young people that you hire at CollegeWise? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, for, and I will say we hire folks of all ages and, you know, range of experiences, but I think the universal truths tend to be a couple of things. I think one, and I know Kevin mentioned this in a previous episode, but I can't hammer it home enough, but I think being astute and being able to read the room, I think being able to understand what people are feeling, whether they're saying it or not, and being able to navigate around their expressed or unspoken pain that they're dealing with. There's a lot of anxiety around this process for families about what they can afford, what constitutes a good school, is my code good enough, heavy air quotes there, for a school, and the ability to read body language and tone and understand how to navigate those conversations is oftentimes just a gut instinct that our best counselors have. 
I think in terms of hard skills, I think being able to communicate, and I wouldn't say you necessarily have to always have the best grammar or, you know, perfect ability to write, but I do think synthesizing information in a clear way, this profession, and there's a lot of swirling information about admission and education and your ability to synthesize clearly for families is always really important. So I'd say clear communication and ability to read people in a good way. Wonderful. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into this profession? In other words, if they haven't studied counseling or psychology or a fill in the blank, is it a deal breaker? I think the good news here, and we always reassure and tell families, you know, we are not mental health professionals. We do have folks on our in our counseling roster who have gotten higher education degrees in mental health or school counseling, but that's not our role. That's not what parents are looking to us for. And so this is one of those industries where you can have studied and majored in pretty much anything. We have everyone from chemists to anthropologists on our counseling roster in terms of majors. And, you know, our counselors love to nerd out about whatever it is you're excited about as a student. So if that happens to be the same thing they studied, great. But it's really about their ability to relate to teenagers and their parents. And that crosses over all majors. And that's interesting that the examples that you used, Casey, were in the science realm and not in the liberal arts realm. So it doesn't even matter if you studied the humanities. Right. Right. I think that's often a misconception. I mean, I'm certainly, I was an American studies major, which just means I nerd out about American history and American literature. People often assume it's the humanities, you know, fluffy types that tend to go into these sorts of roles. But we have people from all different types of majors and interests. And generally, the thing they have in common is that they were really excited about either their own school, their own alma mater, or had some mentor along the way in college that nudged them into this profession, regardless of major. Nice. What about a grad school degree and less so for somebody who's starting out, more so for someone who wants to be an executive as you are college-wise? How important is it that they get a grad school degree? And if so, what do you think would be the most useful ones to have? I mean, it's an interesting question. And I think my answer has probably evolved as we've grown as a company. I think generally for folks who are newer to counseling and maybe had worked in admission, sometimes people like to get a certificate in counseling. UCLA has a pretty famous program for that. Some do a master's in counseling because they really want to understand students from the mental health side of things. I don't know that we will ever yet, I should say, require an executive to have you know an MBA or a business degree, but I think we are a bigger, more robust company. And that knowledge is certainly helpful. We have a director of finance who speaks in words that most of us don't understand. So I do think having some background, whether it's from a degree or from work experience in understanding how a business runs would be important to be at the executive level of a company of our size. But I think a lot of us, and I'm very grateful to Kevin, our founder, have really benefited from some robust internal training, both management and otherwise, that we're enabled and empowered to do right here. Nice. What about life experiences, Casey? You mentioned being a tour guide on campus. What do you think are the most useful kinds of life experiences for someone to have starting out in this field? Yeah, I think 
a lot of it, you know, because so much of it, especially the college counseling side can be interpersonal and connecting with families is having some sort of formative experience that shaped your trajectory into this profession. So I'm thinking about some of my colleagues who had a really powerful mentor or counselor in high school who guided them to help them make the right choice or, you know, unfortunately guided them in the wrong direction or guided them down a path, you know, was the counselor who said, you're never going to make it or you're not going to get into that place. But kind of having a formative experience says, I want to be that person or I want to go out and fix this. (laughs) And the same goes for college is people who, you know, kind of were nudged or stumbled into being a tour guide or finding a mentor in the admission office and kind of getting introduced to this. We always joke that there's pretty rarely any kid in high school who goes, you know what I want to be is a college counselor, right? It's kind of an obscure thing. But oftentimes it takes that experience in your college admission office, working as a tour guide or working in the financial aid office to really see all these people with big hearts and big ideas and and trying to make things work for kids and teenagers and families that gets you interested and excited. So I would say life experience generally has, you know, most of our counselors have had something formative in high school or college that opened their eyes to this as a And I know you have a very personal story about how you were influenced through your own college experience. We're going to get into that in our main time for coffee interview to learn what happened with Casey to lead her to believe that this was the right profession for her due, due to her experience as an undergrad. And you should check out show notes for this episode to see if Casey's main Time for Coffee interview has already dropped. Okay, Casey, what is the best part for you of being in this field? Gosh, you know, the honest answer is there are a lot of things. We truly nerd out about this field as much as it can be frustrating and constantly changing. I think what I like is that I get to be a bit of a translator for teenagers and parents about something that can seem so complicated. And I get to be often the bearer of good news. I think there is often a fixation on the narratives of the bad of, you know, that this is a zero sum game. There are winners and losers in college admission. And and I get to be the bearer of actually isn't true. And this is easier and less stressful and can be more joyful than you thought it could be. And that tends to be a fun message to be able to share, whether it's in a library or one-on-one with a family. So I think for me, the best days are the days when I get to share and, and kind of revel in that message. Wonderful. Now for the flip side, what for you is the part of your <laughs> current job as executive director of counseling at CollegeWise that sucks the most? You know, I've thought about this one and I think, I mean, we're at the time of this recording, obviously in the midst of a bit of an upheaval with COVID. And I think the real and honest answer is there's really nothing that that sucks in the grand scheme of things. I think I witness a lot of families up close going through far worse and, and people in their jobs going through far worse. I think you know, on a smaller scale, the parts that can be frustrating or harder is obviously seeing the personal impact of some of these broader shifts that colleges are going through in terms of having to take care of their own financial aid and their own fiscal health and the ripple effect to students in need. I think there are always inequities, frankly, in admission and the days when I'm working through the trenches and that can be hard. But I think, you know, by and large, I feel empowered in this job and in this work to try and work towards solutions. Fair enough. Casey, what is the best career advice you've ever gotten? 
Ooh, so gosh, I think, you know, it's interesting. I always think about this one because I truly cannot pin down who it was who told it to me, but clearly it was the message that I needed at the time. But I was getting ready to leave my first job in admission and I, you know, stomach in knots about quitting and pivoting to a new career path um, in college counseling at CollegeWise. And somebody said to me, remember, you're equal parts replaceable and irreplaceable. And and it was kind of a good wake up moment of, gosh, you're right. They're going to be okay. I'm going to walk away and there'll be somebody else who's going to be awesome who can fill this role. And I also can be proud and take ownership of the impact I've had. And those two narratives can exist in parallel. And I think I find that helpful now uh, in the more leadership role that I have. I think about that message, honestly, a lot. Not that I'm leaving my job, but in terms of shepherding and being a leader, especially for a lot of women in our company, I think about what are places where I can step back or step to the side because I could be replaceable for this project or for this thing. And I could make space for somebody else, especially a young woman, to find her light and to shine. So that to me has probably stuck with me the longest. I really love that because I think that reading between the lines, what you're trying to share, I think, is the fact Mm -hmm. that we all need to stay grounded and not get too big in our britches and think (laughs) that we are the be all end all and we're so amazing. And it's really saying, look, you know, you, I'm sure have wonderful qualities, but Mm -hmm. there are an awful lot of people who have wonderful qualities. And it's not to make you insecure, but rather to keep you humble. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to find that balance for anybody who's young, and I think trying to kind of scramble to here's the thing I'm good at and stake a claim. And I think remember that there can also be other people who are good at that. And that doesn't take away from your light. I always loved this great podcast called Call Your Girlfriend. And they talk about shine theory, which is if you shine, I shine, particularly about women in the workplace. And I've always carried that through. And I think it ties back to that idea of I can be proud of the work I do. And I can also be humble. And those should exist at the same time. (laughs) Wonderful. I think that is amazing advice. So two final espresso shots. What movies, if any, Casey, or Amazon, Netflix, Hulu shows, or books, do you think accurately depict your profession? Oh, gosh. Well, definitely not a lot of TV shows and movies, unfortunately, though we always love to to watch them and kind of joke about them. Certainly, I think books, there are a lot of really wonderful books that are about our profession. They're a little bit more dry, but probably the most famous one is Gatekeepers, which is about the admissions process and was written a long time ago. And I think is the most inside look by Jack Steinberg at the process of an admission cycle at Wesley. It was over almost 20 years ago at this point. But I think really sheds light on the personal and the institutional back and forth of this experience and this process. So that's probably the pivotal one that most people recommend. But in terms of TV shows and movies, I think for the most part, they tend to get it all wrong. (laughs) I'll put it that way. (laughs) So Animal House is not the best one. I will say the college experience is well represented in, in the media in general. I would say specifically the admission process is often misrepresented. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Well, we'll make sure to include a link to gatekeepers in show notes. Final espresso shot. What would Java junkies 
be surprised to learn about your profession? You know, I think the one thing that I always come back to is we have an annual conference every year called NACAC. It's a silly acronym about admissions counseling professionals, but it's a big gathering, thousands and thousands of people in college counseling and admission. And every night there's a different party or soiree or something, you know, in the evenings hosted by different conferences and different representatives. And the amount of just fun, loving people who, you know, want to get out on the dance floor and have fun that work in admissions in particular, but also college counseling. I think going back to that earlier question about books and movies, I think I always come back to kids always, I think at least 10 years ago, it used to be Legally Blonde, that scene at the opening, you know, of the admissions folks at Harvard with their tweed blazers and their elbow pads admitting Hallwoods and and cigars. And I think people have this vision of people in admission as being pretty buttoned up, you know, pretty old fashioned. And I think I always think about, I wish that I could show teenagers this scene at our conference, you know, of the dean of admission at some highly selective school, busting loose, you know, to a, to a song on the dance floor and reminding people that this is a pretty fun loving, real people who work in this world. And I think I would hope that that reassures maybe students in particular that they're going to be okay. And this is a more human process than people sometimes realize. And it could be a fun field for them to pursue after they graduate. It's also a fun field and people who are pretty fun loving, pretty self-deprecating and definitely know how to get down on the dance floor. (laughs) Good to know. All right. Casey, thank you so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.